It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right now, we're joined by the most recognized male figure skating star in the world, Scott Hamilton. Scott's won 70 titles, awards and honors, including an Emmy Award nomination. Scott's been inducted into the United States Olympic Hall of Fame and is a privileged member of the World Figure Skating Hall of Fame. He also took home a gold medal in the 1984 Winter Olympics in Sarajevo, and he's here to talk about the Olympic experience with us. Scott, great to see you. Great to see you, Kirk. And I always love having you in Tennessee when you come, and I look forward to your next visit. Well, thank you. Uh, that, that may not be too far into the future. I'm getting ready to uh, <laughs> drive out there with one, of, uh, one or two of, of my kids soon for a little adventure. Look forward to seeing you. Scott, you know, this isn't um, the first time that we've met. Uh, we've been <laughs> no. friends for a long, long time. In fact, I want to show you a picture of when we first met. <laughs> Look at that. You know, wow. that's an amazing couple of hairdos right there. Look at I that. I miss that mullet. I, I miss the mullet. I do. I miss the <laughs> mullet so much. That, um, but now, you know, when I started parting my hair in the middle, um, you know, life just got easier. So, you know, it's okay. I'll that's just funny. let it go. Just let oh. it go. Oh, man. I, I think that that was uh, maybe the Ice Capades or some sort of... It was. Uh, yeah, you were hosting the Ice Capades. It was just really fun getting to know you back then and, and to see how you've um, built your family and your life and career. It's just, uh, it's wonderful. Good things happen to good people. I, I think that, that uh, watching the Olympics is, uh, is become a national pastime for so many of us because we're just amazed at the talent. We're amazed at the focus, but I think few of us really understand the mindset that an Olympian has to have in order to compete at that kind of a level. I mean, we, we, uh, we all figure there's gotta be some serious training involved, but, but can you give us an idea of what's going through the mind of an Olympian? You know, it, it, there's so much failure that goes into um, preparing for the Olympics. You know, honestly, I was a, a figure skater. I recently uh, did a little bit of math, and at the minimum, I've fallen on the ice 41,600 times. So, you know, it's not just this, this easy ascension. You know, I'm, I'm preparing, preparing. It's, it's got so many um, pitfalls, injuries, uh, so many failures, so many odd, really, victories. And, and then, you know, you're constantly being tested. So, you know, all of it is to prepare you um, if you're fortunate enough to be able to stand on the biggest stage you'll ever stand on, which is the Olympic Games, and, and try to um, re remember how to skate when they <laughs> announce your name. It's, it, it truly is one of those things where you prepare every day in isolation, and then all of a sudden um, you're familiar to millions and, or, or billions. And, and, and it's, it's really a, an odd thing. But again, every day you're one step closer to that goal um, if you're fortunate enough to get there. And then when you step on the ice, you've just got to trust your body to do its job and just not get caught up in the emotion and the pageantry and, and the size of the event. And, and that's a challenge all its own. 
I, I can only imagine, and just the adrenaline rush and the fear and the what ifs and the memory of mistakes that have been made. And then, like you say, you're just trusting your body at that point. And uh, wow, incredible. Well, and the biggest part of it for me was, you know, going into that year, I'd had a pretty good run up from the previous Olympics in Lake Placid. I'd, I'd had a really long run of, of winning. And, and so I was kind of expected to, to win. And so my whole... You know, and it's kind of like a good lesson for me in, in life now is if I could step on that ice and not have one would have, could have, or should have, then I can accept the result, whatever it is, you know? And it's kind of like, and that's followed me through, um, you know, my life now as, as a husband and a father. I just try to eliminate would haves, could haves, and should haves, you know, so that when the big moment comes, um, I'm prepared for it and I, I don't have any regrets no matter how it turns out. Scott, every athlete is preparing mentally. They have to prepare physically. But as a believer, you're also preparing spiritually. Do you see a difference both when athletes experience victory and when they experience defeat between those who are spiritually connected to God and those who aren't? Well, I think you're, you're more capable of accepting the failure um, if there is one, if, if you have faith. Because, you know, moments come, moments go, and you know that you're in the hands of a living, loving Lord. You know, I think if you don't have that, um, the world takes on a different size, shape, and identity. And if it's all about the world, you know, we know as believers that that's not always something that, you know, <laughs> delivers on its promises. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, the faith component is, is really powerful and being able to um, step into that field with confidence and knowing that, um, that you're not out there by yourself, that you, you know, you're, you're protected and that whatever happens is meant to allow you to step into the next authentically um, joyfully, um, you know, if it doesn't work out the way you want to, you know, it, it, you have to live in the faith that it wasn't going to be for your best. Like I've, I've seen, and you've seen it in the entertainment business, you know, people that have worked really hard to attain a certain level of proficiency and, and to be able to leverage their talent. And then when they arrive at that big moment and it happens, like the darkest part of their characters can come out unless they're rooted in something much greater. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that if you have faith, if you, if you love the Lord, if you, um, if, if you step onto the ice with him as your guide, um, you're more willing to accept whatever happens than if you are purely looking for the accolades from the world. Scott, you had the chance to carry the American flag at Lake Placid in, uh, in 1980, <laughs> yes. the Olympic Games. What was that like? I'm not sure why you're laughing, but I want to hear the story. What's the joke inside well, your head? I was, I, and I was a third guy on a three-man team. I was a tourist. I, was, I was, had no chance of meddling. I, had, I was just there to wear the rings on my jacket and to fill out the, the third spot on the team. I thought if I came in eighth that I'd won the lottery. So I'm sitting in a movie 
um, in the village and our team captains went off to uh, be with all the other team captains to kind of talk about um, how things are going to go and to elect the person to carry the flag in the opening ceremonies. And I, I, I'm in this movie and they pull me out and um, they, you know, my, the team captain says, you've really done it this time. And it's like, what? And he goes, no, you've really done it this time. I go, I've, no, I haven't done anything wrong. I've been in every practice. I haven't been late. I haven't done anything. I've been, like, I've been a perfect. I've been every, wherever. What, what do you mean I've really done it this time? And he goes, you've really done it this time. You've been elected to carry the flag in the opening ceremony. And it was like, why? <laughs> why me? <laughs> like, I, I'm nothing. I, you know, I was, this was sort of my, my introduction to the world. And um, and it was because, you know, of, of everything, my childhood illness and um, losing my mom and, and having all kinds of financial difficulties and coaching failures. And it's just been, it was a rough road. And the they way that our team captain pitched it to the other captains is, shouldn't this Olympic team be more about the journey than the destination? And they they bought it. And so um, I went in for my parade uniform fitting and they asked me what size shoes I take. And I said, six. And they said, is seven and a half okay? Um, sure. And then every single article of clothing I tried on was like I was wearing, you know, dad's clothes, like nothing fit. It was just gigantic. And I'm pinning things and I'm stapling things and I'm rolling things up. And, and then I got my mittens, which like came down to here. I'm the flag bearer. And I'm, I'm like, I'm wearing clothes that don't fit, right? I'm the first thing people are going to see when the Team USA comes in. And my hat kept coming down over my eyes and I had both hands around the flag. So like I'm trying to keep my, my <laughs> hat, you know, from kind of blocking my vision so I don't trip and the whole team kind of like accordions on top of me. And, and it was just, I look back on that and it was a huge honor and it's something that was defining for me in my skating life and career and in my identity as an Olympian. But it was also, um, there's a great deal of comedy <laughs> in that moment as well. It was just like this hat thing. I thought they must have elected me to carry the flag because I have some sort of condition or something. I don't know. But it was, it was an honor and it was thrilling. And to this day, it's one of my proudest moments. And, um, and you know, again, you know, for many, many, many Olympians, it's more about um, the destination than the result. Scott, you've got an amazing I Am Second video. And many of us have watched that. And, and I love how you intertwine your faith story and your testimony and the, 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 the recounting of your childhood challenges together with your ice skating. Can you just share a little bit about that right now and how those two have come together? You know, it's identity, right? I was very, very, very sick as a child. No one could figure out what was wrong with me. And so, you know, the, the, the story gets told about, you know, just sort of wondering who I am in all of this and how am I... How do I fit in with the rest of my kids my age? And, and I start skating and then the skating, I realize after a few weeks that I could skate as well as well kids. And then after a few more weeks, I realized I could skate as well as the best athletes in my grade. And then my health started to improve and it was miraculous. And then, you know, I fail a lot and I win a lot and I fail a lot and I win a lot. And then all of a sudden I'm an Olympic gold medalist and now I've got a professional career. And it was just remarkable that 13 years in, I get uh, cancer, I go through chemo and radi no, chemo and surgery. And then um, after I get married and have my first child, I'm um, 
I'm symptomatic and I, I, I go in and, and um, I find out that um, I have a brain tumor. And I thought, no, I, I think I've had enough of this health stuff. <laughs> you know, this is not fair. And I had to tell my wife and my, you know, my 14-month-old son was there. I said, um, you know, she said, what's going on? I said, I have a brain tumor. And without even skipping a beat, Tracy grabbed both of my hands and she started to pray. And it, it was there that I, I, I was awakened to a whole nother, um, a whole nother reality in, in life and in, in our um, existence here. And I knew where I was going to take everything, but it was really interesting how it, it sort of um, transpired. That tumor was treated with um, radiation, but when they did the, the biopsy of it, they found that I was born with that brain tumor and that, um, that that was what was causing me to be sick all those years as a young child. And so I look at that malady and I'm thinking, wait a minute, how upset can I be about this brain tumor when it made everything possible? Without it, nothing good would have happened. I never would have found skating. I never would have been the right size because of all those years of lack of growth. I never would have, I never would have, I never would have without that brain tumor. And so when it came back uh, six years later, you know, I'm, um, I, I, they had surgery. It didn't go quite as, as, as they'd hoped. Um, they nicked an artery. It became an aneurysm. And I was praying in my room and a nurse came in and she changed my life forever. Um, you know, she said, I heard you talking. And I go, I was. She goes, well, who are you talking to? And I go, I was praying. She goes, oh, you like to pray? And I go, I do. And she, and, and she goes, so what do you do when you pray? And I just said, I, I, I'm grateful. I'm just, I'm grateful for all the things that God has done for me and in my life. And she said, oh, that's so wonderful. Who's God to you? And I said, well, he, I guess he's my father. And she said, oh, that's beautiful. I love that. He's your father. Now, 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 do you have children yourself? And I go, I do. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that great? Now, if any of your children were scared or ill or injured or lost, wouldn't you want them to come to you with that? And I said, I would. And so in that moment, this beautiful nurse who I never saw again, I wonder if she was an angel, she changed my way of praying forever. I'm, I'm not afraid to ask anymore. I was always praying out of gratitude, but now I pray out of need, and I pray out of my human frailty, and I pray uh, to get closer to, um, to Jesus, and I just pray. And it, and it was really remarkable that in this journey of illness to wellness to illness to wellness to illness to wellness, it just never stopped, that um, I was able to improve my relationship and my communication with the most perfect and powerful force in my, in my life. Scott, when we come back, I want to talk more about your story and, and life lessons that you can share with us. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back with Olympian Scott Hamilton, who just before the break shared his powerful story with us. Scott, those who know you are familiar with you saying, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. I was going through cancer, and um, you know, I, 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 people were reaching out, and you know, a couple of people say, we well, you know, we, we really want to know how you're doing, and I say, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And, and they go, well, I mean, I, I, is the chemo as bad as everybody says? No, I, it's like, it's, it's what you make of it. You know, almost everything we, we go through is what we make of it. And I've been, um, it was one of the first things I experienced when I came back from Sarajevo was um, my orthopedic surgeon, you know, who saw me through a lot of injury and got me to the finish line. He was part of the Paralympic team. And he goes, will you speak at our banquet? I said, I'd be honored. So I walk in, you know, Mr. Olympic gold medalist, thinking I'm all that. And I'm looking at all of these people um, with the same medal I had, except they were blind or they were missing limbs. Um, and I, I was so overwhelmed with guilt that I thought I was something when these people are doing things that I could never imagine doing. And, you know, I, all the quotes come to mind. It's, you know, um, courage is fear that said its prayers. Impossible just takes a little bit longer. And when, you know, people were trying to kind of um, corner me into a pity party, you know, that came out. I said, I've met so many people that have done so many extraordinary things under the most un- incredible circumstances. To me, the only real disability is, is the bad or the wrong attitude. You know, I, I've, I, I've just seen too much. And, uh, and it's, it's just amazing what God has put in front of me to show me that, you know, we, we are in charge of our, of our daily attitudes, our daily um, abilities to rise up to circumstances. And most of it, you know, most of it starts in our spirit and in our mind. You know, we just have to be able to step into things knowing that we can, we can do all things. As we said in the first segment, we can do all things. It doesn't matter what we're up against. We own the situation. We deal with our circumstances. And we were victorious in just that. So, yeah, the only disability in life, the only true disability in life is a bad attitude because God's given us everything we need to handle every single um, obstacle, obstruction, uh, challenge, um, painful circumstance. He's given us everything we need. I... I love the line I heard from a pastor once who said that um, gratitude is the attitude that determines the altitude for living. (laughs) And I think that's why you're flying so high as you've got a great attitude. Uh, Well, look, I'm a short, bald, male figure skater. (laughs) I mean, you know, 
<laughs> I just look at that. Like I, and when I do my speaking around the country, I'll open with my personal ad, which is short, bald, half-neutered, chemoed, radiated, surgically repaired, retired male figure skater of unknown ethnic origin seeks a beautiful, intelligent woman for long walks, laughter, and an interest in my hobby for collecting life-threatening illness. It's like, really? <laughs> like, why wouldn't I be happy every moment of every day? Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Scott, um, because of your Christian faith, you have a great sense not only of your identity, of who you are, but of why you're here. I can imagine that athletes who live their whole life for that moment of winning the gold medal, I'm working toward this goal. This is why I'm here. This is why God put me on this earth. And what happens once they, they crest that mountain and they win the gold medal or they get there and they've lost the opportunity? Talk to me about a sense of purpose and the difference between someone who has their purpose rooted in God and someone who doesn't. I was talking to a skating dad last night and, um, you know, he was, he's not in the skating world at all. You know, he's in another business and, you know, he's, his son is out there skating. He's trying to understand it. And I just said, look, you know, what you're doing for your son by putting him here with us and our coaches and our staff is, is really extraordinary because no matter where he ends up, in his skating life, whether he goes all the way to the Olympics or, you know, he, he, he tops out at this level, what he's learning and how he's um, processing failure and how he's learning how to get up and how he's learning how to meet different challenges and ask more of his body and his mind and his spirit. I go, y y this is a preparation for life that is so unique and so different than anything else you could ever do for him. And he's learning it himself. It's not like you're just, you're, you're counseling him, you're, you know, you're, you're responsible for all of this. You're giving him an opportunity to get out there and learn how to rise above any circumstance just by the process of falling down and getting up. And, it, and, and that's it for, for anyone in athletics, in, in business, no matter, in, in life. You know, we're going to fall down. We're going to fail. We're going to screw up. We're going to do all kinds of um, things that, that, that don't really represent who we are or, or what our plans were or how we were really hoping the story would end. But the story is an evolving story. You know, the, I think... You know, I talked to a lot of my competitors and, and yeah, they wanted to be where I was standing on that podium. And they've, they've said really kind things. They've said, I'm really glad it was you that won because you were able to do more with it than I ever would. Are you kidding me? You know, it's, it's, I lost my mom to cancer and I became a fundraiser. You know, the Olympic, um, the podium, it gave me a, an opportunity to grow, um, you know, familiarity to grow, um, op do opportunity to grow relationship, to, to be able to step into places that would, you know, may access that may, I, I wouldn't have had had I not won that gold medal. So to be able to take your podium and turn it into a platform is a really amazing, incredible opportunity. Yeah. And, and my whole life's goal is to change the way people go through cancer. And, and you know, for somebody who graduated, well, let's just say I negotiated my high school diploma, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a big ask. But 
you know, I know that God is behind it. I know this is what he wants me to do. And, and he'll gently open the doors or if a door slams, he'll open a window and, and just keep the work going because I truly believe this is what he wants me to do now. But so much of it wouldn't be available to me had I not been, um, had he not seen me through to the end um, with that gold medal victory. And it seems kind of shallow to say that, but again, it, 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 it's just sort of, it, it all connects. This is where I was, this is where I was here, and now I step into the next, and the next, and the next, and the next. And, and I feel really sorry for, you know, like, um, a lot of Olympic athletes who get stuck in the moment. Like, I'm talking about the Olympics now, and I love it. It's really fun. But my, my medal lived in a brown paper bag in my underwear drawer for eight years until I could get rid of it. And I didn't know why it offended me so much. I had no idea. I had no idea why it offended me so much. I just, I saw so many athletes get stuck in that moment or in their Olympic identity that they could never do anything else and that everything, everything paled in comparison. But once I realized that I, I got rid of it, I gave it to the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame and Museum, well, I got rid of everything. Anything I ever won, they have. I realized that in that way, those things can, can become idols and that identity it takes over um, my real identity, which is being um, a child of God. So I don't, I, I love the fact that I was able to do all that. I was really happy that it happened and I've been able to um, leverage those things in order to be able to step into the next and to, and to try to be obedient to God's plan for my life. But it, 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 that doesn't define me. If I would have been off the podium, if, had I would have, whatever, um, the, all the media was saying back in Sarajevo that second is an, a humiliating loss. <laughs> really? You know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter because when, when that event is done, we, we all step into the next no matter what that is. And we hope to do it with um, integrity and honesty yeah. and, and with fortitude. If you're inspired by Scott's story and the things that he's sharing with us today, make sure that you check out Scott Hamilton Cares Foundation, which is dedicated to turning fear into hope for cancer patients. Scott, this has been amazing. Thank you for your insights, not only into the, the sport of figure skating in the Olympics, but also the wisdom that you've shared with all of us today. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.